nurses and hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Who were you in a past life? I've had several past life regressions and They've been very interesting. I mean, I was a Roman soldier. I was a plantation owner. And I even was a nurse several times. And maybe even a doctor at one point somewhere in a past life. But what happens when your kid starts telling you stories of being your grandmother or your father or even your former boss. That gets a little weird. And in today's episode, I've invited Stephen Towell all the way from Scotland to talk about past life regression therapy. This is a super fun episode and we share many, many stories and also tips on what to do if your kid tells you they were once your great grandmother or something. Stay tuned. And welcome to Nurses in Hypochondriac, Stephen Tello. Hi there, how are you doing? <laughs> cool. So I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I'm a hypnotherapist. Um, I'm from Scotland, Glasgow in Scotland, um, for those of you that can understand my accent. Um, and although I specialize in sort of clinical hypnotherapy, helping people with anxieties or uh, mindset issues, um, fears, etc., I also specialize in things like past life regression and a thing I call between lives, which is more of the where you would be if you weren't in a life. So, um, so really that's the sort of, um, what I do is sort of full time. So how did you get into doing hypnotherapy and especially past life regressions? Cause I, cause I read in one of your blogs that Dr. Weiss was one of your, um, you were very inspired by him. I was very inspired by him too. I read several of his books. I used to watch him on Oprah Winfrey. I almost went to his, um, he has like an area in New York, in upstate New York, I forget what it's called, school, I guess, or yeah. just a retreat center. I almost went there to go take his courses. I'm so into him at one point. And then I think I read something about him and which really turned me off, right. <laughs> <laughs> which is what happens when I follow a guru, you know, yeah. when I follow someone and I've since learned to just really use a lot of discernment and take whatever is resonating with me and leave the rest. So Exactly. That's the best way to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Brian Wise, Dr. Brian Wise is one of the sort of main big names that do the sort of thing I do. I mean, I, I, I got into it, I think you asked me when I got in, and I got in to this when I was probably about 17. So that was about 30 years ago. Um, and... It was pure fascination. That was all, I was always curious as a kid on the unexplained. Um, 
it was anything to do with ghosts or UFOs, uh, spontaneous human combustion, all these types of strange things that happen, uh, doppelgangers. And so I used to read books and read stuff on all this unexplained. And when I was hypnosis, for some reason, was something that stuck in my mind. So when I was about 17, uh, when I started college, uh, first thing I went and done was found a book on hypnotherapy. Well, hypnosis, it was actually a psychology book and one of the driest books I've ever read. But the, I read through this book and it, I don't think I learned very much from this book, except that it gave me a rough idea how to do hypnosis. And way back, this is 1991, so the, the internet wasn't really a thing. Uh, the books in the library didn't have much, so I was sort of blind trying to figure out what is hypnosis and past life regression, I guess, I've also, I must have read about that. So um, so really at 17, I first my first guinea pig was my youngest brother. I who, love it. Well, also <laughs> your brothers, brothers and sisters to experiment on. But, um, but my brother was only six and I was 17 and uh, I had him picking daisies out of the carpet and uh, then there's some of my friends doing silly stuff. So, but the first past life reg regression I did was my brother David, at six at the time. And it was all, it was someone that was writing a children's book. He was dying of a skin disease. So, this is a six year old telling me this. Um, wow. he, he was telling me name places of where he lived and they all correlated to places. Um, and he was also telling me that how he was worried about his family because he was dying of a skin disease and that he was worried about how uh, his life, his wife and his child will sort of survive when he leaves. So it was always really interesting for a six-year-old to be coming up with such adult-type concerns and things. So, so that's where I started. I started way back then. And from there, it's just been a bit of a passion for most of my life. So I'm curious about your brother. Is he a writer right now? He's a writer. Uh, no, he's a managing director of a, um, a sort of, uh, what do you call them, like fits, a company that fits washing machines and oh, wow. So he's quite a talented guy. He's been a chef. He's been a, uh, he was actually a gas fitter. He's been a, a whole, whole other things. He's quite a talented guy, but um, I don't know if I can take credit for that, for opening his mind a little bit <laughs> to the creative sides. <laughs> I know, right? It's interesting how you brought up your your brother was so young. And, and I don't know if you've had clients that bring their children and they're like, my kid is saying these very wild stories. And, and there's there have been movies about them. There's a whole series on Amazon where these mm -hmm. children will have these past life experiences and they're here in this life and they have these vivid uh, memories. Yeah. Uh, they start having nightmares. They start telling their parents things. I mean, I saw one, this, there was one about the world war two kid. Mm. Uh, and, um, he, and it's so interesting how he knew what plane it was and his parents were researching it and he was right on. And they even connected him with, um, the past life sister the the yeah. sister of the man he was in a past life which was fascinating and then the one that i loved so much was of uh, the guy who this kid remembered that he wrote gone with the wind 
which mm. was so interesting. And he kept saying he wanted to go to Hollywood on vacation. And his parents thought he was crazy. They're like, what? And he had all these vivid um, uh, imaginary, I don't know, stories mm. that he was telling his parents. And finally, they started putting everything together. And it, he was right on. Uh, and they even took him to the kids, the guy, the man's ranch. And, mm. and the, the child, because that's where the man died. He died like in a tractor uh, accident. And, and the kid was able to show his parents very detailed things. And, and, yeah. and I think he met with the, the daughters of this man. Uh, it, it was very, uh, that's very fascinating. Yeah, that's a good, I think if I'm right, the series you're talking about is The, uh, the Ghost Inside My Child. Uh, is it I'm not exactly sure it, it's there's several different yeah, stories that, about this yeah I think that's a, that's a whole se- two series maybe in three now but it's yeah. I think was it the one that gone to the one was that where there was also an actress or something that he, he liked and she died young but there was some kind of controversy I'm not exactly sure because I've, I've seen a couple of them. Uh, there's yeah. another one on Netflix and uh, I was um, trying to get the author on. She wrote a book about near death experiences. Mm. So she helped consult on that movie and she's on there. She might come on next year. She told me she's working on <laughs> another film about aliens right now. So, uh, but she heavily researched this as well and has many detailed writings, which I find fascinating. Um, and yeah. she also writes about uh, birthmarks, which are mm-hmm. interesting how people can come back yeah. and still have various birthmarks. Um, and I, I see that in clinic all the time where I, I see babies come in mm-hmm. and I could tell I was like, this is a little old lady, you know, yeah. or um, I've seen numerous children with different kinds of birthmarks where you could tell it's just like, yeah, someone shot them there. Someone speared them. I had a baby newborn recently had this huge circular, like almost a perfect red circle right in the middle of his chest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and his parents were so freaked out about it. I was like, Whoa. And in my head, I was like, well, I shouldn't tell them about my past life yeah. information, but I could tell. And I tapped into this baby immediately. And he was a soldier, like mm. a, a either Iraq war or one of the more current wars. And he yeah. was very young, you know, and he got shot in the chest and he came back. And that's what I tapped into. And I was like, whoa, but this baby was so happy to be alive. And I think he was actually one of the family members like yeah. I didn't because the father was there and I think he might have been one of the father's brothers but I didn't go there with them you know so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're open with it I do have some patients that are very open and we can talk about these things you know um so I've even had very psychic kids where they can read my my mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're well, reading my thoughts it's wild so yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is, if you go to kids, for instance, um, children seem to be able to, like, like that show you're talking about, and if it's the same one that I'm talking about, is some of them are getting night terrors and they're getting dream, recurring dreams about the things yeah. that, their deaths. There was one about uh, a, a, cra- a plane crashing into New York and they thought it was the Twin Towers, but oh, the parents yes, started yes, rest. Yes. It turned out it was the Empire State Building. And they thought, well, there was never a crash into the Empire State Building. But then when they researched it, a plane did crash into wow. the Empire State. So I think um, 
children seem to have a real ability to remember this type of stuff. Um, it's very common, actually, children do talk about other past lives, even even spiritual experiences like ghosts and things. Right, right. And, I've had that. Mm-hmm. And the way that I see this is, I mean, there was a, a Swiss psychologist, I think it was, uh, who was actually part of the Mensa team. His name was uh, Jean Piaget, I think it was, who uh studied cognitive development. Right. And uh, what he came up with was at the ages of two to seven is this pre-construct type where the, the the cognitive mind is still developing. But after seven is when it starts to Go into the con, uh, the kind of right shuts down. Con- concrete is, um, and this is really the development of the critical mind. The, what is right, what is wrong. Now, quite interestingly, the reason I'm mentioning him and that cognitive cognitive development is that there is a professor Ian Stevenson who studied. So the, um, I don't even think I don't think he's alive anymore. He's Canadian, I think, but he originally was family from Scotland, but. He um was he studied children and past life um people that were children that were basically saying that they were someone else in past life. So he went through his career studying these children. And when you talk about birthmarks, uh, his research actually well, first of all, funnily enough, he actually says it's between about two that these memories start to appear in children. By about seven, they actually start to fade. And it's just yeah, quite coincidental that, right. that that matches to Piaget's um, cognitive development studies. But um, what Professor Ian Stevenson actually also came up with is that uh, the birthmarks. So something like thirty-five percent. So that's a third, more than a third of all the people, all the children that he was uh, investigating and studying had birthmarks uh, that correlated to wounds and the when they could find the uh, the people that they were claiming to be when there was a, a kind of good correlation between the statement the children was the child the children were making and this um uh, who they were supposed to be and um, so it's quite so it's one of the objective sort of um I guess evidence really of reincarnation it's one of the right. few so fascinating yeah so it's, it's interesting that as you say, birthmarks, they seem to be an indicator of a wound or a, a, a or if it's like, it doesn't even need to be birthmarks. Sometimes it's defects as well. So it can be birthmarks yes. or defects that yes. actually match to the to where the, the wound or how the person was killed in this past yes. life. So it's quite a fascinating little bit of them. Um, I used to work at, yeah, I used to work at Children's Hospital and I worked in a place that I saw all the pre-surgery kids before they went into anesthesia. So I was clearing mm. them for anesthesia. So specifically the plastics department used to see lots of these types of children with very interesting either malformations mm. or birthmarks, you know, lots of hemangiomas would come in. Uh, and, um, and I just thought they were fascinating. And, and at that time I really was, um, tapping into this and, and researching it. And I would look at these kids and I was like, why did you come back with that wound? You know, why? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And I would just tell them that I was just like, why, you know, and, and they're just like happy little babies, you know, and, (laughs) but it's, it's always such a fascinating thing and it makes life much more fun. Mm. Um, 
on TikTok recently, there are many parents on there uh, telling these stories. Um, mm. It's and I think the the theme is what's the weirdest kid thing that your kid told you, and and it's all about past lives, you know. Yeah. Um, and in some of them, like this one, was really interesting where uh, this little boy remembered in utero how uh he ate his sister but his sister ended up coming back as another birth you know and and the mom said that she was listening to their discussion one day and he's like um the little girl goes remember when you ate me and he goes oh i remember that and they were having this total discussion about him eating her and Mm -hmm. that is what actually happened um she's the mom said this is very weird but the OBGYN had said it looks like the baby ate the other baby, mm. you know, before. Wow, yeah. and, and it says that there are, there are very few cases of this, but it does happen, mm. you know, uh, which is very, in, it yeah. was really interesting. And there was kind of like some remnants or, or whatever, but then she's hearing this conversation and she's like, this is weird, mm. you know? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was strange, but I, there are a lot of these um, stories going on, which is great because it can sometimes freak a parent out. You know, I've had parents come in and tell me paranormal stories and sometimes they're not really true because they are, um, actually, um, how can I say they're putting these thoughts into these children's minds, Mm -hmm. uh, by whatever, um, movies they're watching uh so so in essence they're the the parents are creating it and they don't even realize it you know because yeah. it's very subconscious uh and, and I can kind of tell that and, and look at that um or sometimes it is uh the kid is seeing a ghost and they keep telling the parent the parents doesn't is like that's not true you know mm-hmm. uh and I just always tell them I go you know the best thing is just to let the child tell the story yeah, you know, yeah. And, and just to let them tell and to see what they are afraid of, because it, sometimes it does cause uh, issues. Mm-hmm. I had a patient who kept seeing a ghost in the hallway and he was not going to the bathroom. So he was wetting his bed and, and he was not defecating. And there was a lot of newness going on in the family. There was a new baby as well. He was the now the oldest child. There was a middle child. So there is a lot uh, going on there, but this was the main thing. And, and he said that it was because he had this encounter where he saw the spirit and he went through it and he, the feelings he, he said, uh, he's like, it made me feel cold. It made me feel weird, you know, cause this entity went through him, yeah. you know, and, it, and he was just way too detailed, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, on the feeling. So I just told the mom, I go, the best thing to do is just listen to him. And he, and they sat together, told the story. She came out and she goes, she was a totally different person. She goes, thank you for telling me that because I did listen. And he told me the story and I understand now. And I go, it's a very simple thing to fix. You know, I go, you can try it. Just throw some holy water in the hallway, stick a nightlight there, you know, and, and, you know, tell him he can go to the bathroom now. Like you took care of it. That's all a parent. That's all a child wants to know is that the parent is there Mm -hmm. to, you know, take care of them and to help support them in that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so let's, um, I'm also interested in the in-between lives. So talk Mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. I guess it's a sort of way of trying to describe this. It's, um, I guess the concept comes from, um, 
I mean, there's a lot of other people. You mentioned Dr. Brian Wise. There's another guy called Dr. Michael Newton who wrote a book called Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls are the two big ones. And he came up with a term called life between lives. And that idea is that when we die, so there's this place that we go to between the lives. Um, personally, I, I call it between lives, um, but I sort of, I see it more as a full awareness rather than um, that we're in our life and then we're back out of it and then we're back in another life. I think we're always perceiving as some sort of um, conscious entity. So, mm-hmm. so I think for a, a life that we're living, like the life of me, Stephen, at the moment is a narrow perception of what I am. So the between life is really the experience of that. It's We can use a past life, the death point of a past life for the transition and it takes you to what happens next. So with hypnosis, it can be suggestive. So it's careful. You've got to be careful how you do it. You want to do, you don't want to lead somebody. So it's not a case of, okay, uh, go to that death point and tell me when you go to the spirit world or you, you want to be a little more, uh, I'll just be what happens. Uh, what happens next? Uh, they'll say I'm floating outside my body. Okay, what do you do now? And so it's very kind of open questions that I'll ask. Right. And what you'll find is, I mean, Dr. Uh, Michael Newton, he done something like 7,000 test cases in his career. Wow. So he, he, he sort of, he came from quite a sciencey family and a, sci- a science perspective. I think he was a psychologist or a, you know, a counsellor as well, I think. But he um, found that this type of work had much more profound effects and uh, helping people through things than has... I guess the way he worked with sort of counselling or so um uh, but what he found was the commonalities that of all the people that they're saying that they're going to this between life place it's a almost a spiritual place where we I guess we choose the next lives and we have uh, soul groups that we will incarnate with so the people potentially in your family could be other members that you've other, other souls that you've incarnated in many, many lives with. Uh, and it's all about learning and it's all about growth of a soul. So this and this from this um, Dr. Michael um, Newton, that's pretty much the sort of theme of a lot of the, the sessions that he was doing is that that's, this is the purpose of these lives. It's all about uh, growth and through maybe challenges in life and through the, the difficult challenges the the other things that maybe grow us the most and become strong through hard times and so it's all about um i guess the that this is like a a bit of a how would you describe it like a school almost that we're here right. learning right i was watching um a movie on simulation theory it's on hulu it's it's rather new mm-hmm. um and it and it goes off of philip k dick's books um are you do you know philip k dick he's the science fiction writer um he he wrote total recall and um those type of movies several of them um so um in simulation theory that's what they said when you Mm. die some people go to this space i i had a friend one of my coffee shop friends he died for three minutes, you know, and he was telling me, he's like, oh, I go, I haven't seen you. He's like, oh, it was my turn to be in the hospital because his mate 
uh, had been in the hospital before and they were telling me the story and then he was telling me his story and he's like, I died for three minutes. I was like, where did you go? You know, what did you see? I'm yeah. so excited to talk to him. He's like, well, well, and he was kind of like taken up. I go, I'm, I'm sure you, you saw something. Don't you remember? And he goes, all I remember is I went into a big white room. Hmm. you know and he goes and then it was done and then I came I was back you know they brought him back and yeah. he's like that's what I remember and in this simulation move theory movie that's what they show that people are kind of in a holding space yeah. so um so I guess that could be in the in between or what they call the Akashic Records uh maybe I think there's so much to it I think um I suppose uh, you could you could call something a holding space I mean if you've got you mentioned earlier as well about the near-death experiences, and it's a similar thing. Um, I guess it's where we go when we sort of leave this experience. Or to me, I think we we awaken from this experience. I think I don't think we die. I think we awaken back to a a, a wider perspective, a higher perspective of our understanding. I um, agree. I and, agree with that. And I think um, the this same, um, I guess, what you may call a holding space. I guess with the near-death experiences, a lot of people say that they need to go, they're told they need to go back and it's a profound feeling. It's a, a place of bliss, of euphoria. Um, and a lot of the time when you do these between-life sessions, that's a common sort of theme as well, is that people will say that it's just peaceful, it's a calmness, it's a, it's light, it's all, all light. And this is where you can, uh, other like, guides might come forward. So I need to say, what should we say, guides? I was on a, Seattle radio show once and we thought I was saying gates because my Scottish accent so a spirit <laughs> guide <laughs> um, so it's about these other entities that will come forward uh, for instance Dr Michael Newton's work he mentions so there's the guides but there's also quite a lot of the time a lot of these people are experiencing what they, a lot of people kept calling a council of elders or ascended beings which seem to sit above the guides that will help us and our life path, choose our life path, the lessons that we need to learn. Um, and again, it's when people experience these um, conscious entities or whatever they are, they, um, it's like a, they, they'll explain, they'll just try to describe it saying it's like a, a, a very powerful energy, a very wise energy. It's, and they'll maybe help them to understand more about uh, where they're, maybe they're struggling in their, the life path or uh, giving them some guidance in some way one thing they never seem to ever do is they won't tell you what to do so it may be that someone may go into a question and it may be uh, should I leave my partner and so I always kind of laugh to myself a little bit with the, the questions because the response that they always give <clears throat> is pretty much the same if they're asking a guide for instance they'll say that the guide is laughing at them when they ask that question, as if we can't tell you that. That's the whole purpose that you're here in this life is to make your choices and to learn. Right. So, and I never believe those mistakes. I think we make choices that we could maybe make better. And I think um, that's how we learn. That's how we learn here right. uh, through all our experiences. And that's what it's all about. It's about the learning. So if a, a guide or any other being was to give us the, to tell us what we should do or, uh, what we're going to do, which would influence us potentially to do that. Um, what that's doing is it's, it's retracting from your free will. And it's potentially, it's a bit like going to 
university and someone giving you all the answers to the tests and you think brilliant i've got all the answers set the exams pass them all get a's then go out and work any work into employment and suddenly someone says oh you've got a degree in engineering that's great can you help us with this and i've not got a clue what to do with that i, I didn't really actually learn any of it i just got all the answers and that's a bit like the same idea as if we're given all the answers or we're told what to do and the choices are made from us, our whole lessons are almost ruined because then we would probably never learn anything and need to come back to repeat the lessons in some way. So you'll find that generally free will is never impeded on, um, but we can be helped and guided sometimes and to help us to make the choices that we need to make. They may show us past lives where we've made a repeating mistake and it's for us to realise that we're doing the same in this life as we did in the past life. So, so this between life places really are, it seems to be the, I guess, our spiritual um, reality, I think. Right. Um, you can even ask the higher self to come forward and speak through the person, which can be quite weird sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know there. there's Dolores Cannon does a lot of that type. She'll use the, right. the higher self a lot. But um, so again, it's it can be quite funny the way it happens. The person may you ask the higher self to come forward and the voice changes. Sometimes the tone changes. It can be very matter of fact. It will talk about the person and the third uh, sort of person as well. So she needs to do this. So he needs to, John, the James, whatever, needs to um, sort of focus more on this and blah, blah, blah. So it's um, quite interesting when this other voice comes through as well to speak from a kind of the higher self. Yeah. So that's so that's the that's the between life. It's to me, it's the it's a bigger perspective of our reality, and we are we are like horses with blinkers on. We see just a narrow. Yes. Focus. It's very true, especially nowadays, because people, I think, just think that we're here on this planet. Like I've been really looking at, at this very much in detail for many many years there's so much more going on. You know, they think we're just here to, you know, have these experiences, maybe go to school, get a job, watch Netflix and that, and go on a couple of vacations. And that's just about it. I mean, (laughs) pretty boring uh, existence in my point of view. I I mean, I'll give you the the funny thing is sometimes, um, sometimes life does seem a bit, boring like that and I've had a lot of people with past lives that uh, have very boring lives yes me too yeah but but the beauty <laughs> of it people. is yeah, yeah I mean I think people go in thinking am I going to be somebody famous or but very rarely they are they're just another general person but the, I once had a client who I think there's a sort of a choice to make and they were basically showing two different lives and one life was um very hard I think they were very angry this person they had a really tough life and they was never happy apparently they were ugly and um, they just never married and and it was a pretty grim sounding life but then they were showing this other life they jumped into this other life and I'm trying to get to the end of the session and suddenly now we're doing another life I'm going to get I've only got 20 minutes or 10 minutes left of this yeah. so we're trying to get through this life and it was a nice life it was a very pleasant life they were married with a nice family they had a position in the town sort of thing and what the guide said was that you 
your life has got choices. You've got choices in life. And it's not always that the hard choice isn't always the right choice or the, the easy choice isn't always the right choice. What I was saying was that basically these two lives, that hard life where you were really angry and you through a lot of emotional stuff, you learn more from that life than you did from that nice, simple life where you just lived. Nice. And it says, and the challenges and the difficulties, they sometimes bring the most learning. So it can seem like a boring life, but at the same point, sometimes it's the challenges that you go through in that life that are actually growing you. So in a way, every life has got its value. And what I think is that we are an accumulation of all these lives. So even as at the moment who we are, we are the accumulation of all the uh, experience. It's all within us at that subconscious level. And we don't remember the exact um, maybe lives just normally, but what we have is, I guess, the the, the wisdom maybe at some level yes. that well sits within us. And um, so, yeah, so that's the kind of way that I see these lives. Sometimes they seem boring, but over time and the accumulation, it grows us to be maybe more masters of this type of reality helping other people or um and funnily enough as a nurse there's a lot of the time that a lot of the more ascended people that are here helping end up in jobs like nurses and stuff they're here helping yeah. others and and it Very doesn't true. need to be you're a guru out there telling the world all your ideas you're down there in the coal face helping the day-to-day people and there's more I think there's more that's more of an impact right there. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And it's that's a caring person that's caring about people, not sitting there with their ego thinking that they're fantastic and they know all the answers to everything. So <laughs> telling true. people what to do. So sometimes the wisest and the the maybe the most you could call it ascended beings that are here are the ones that are out there making a difference and helping people just day to day. I, I really believe that. And kind of like um, there, there is a guide in a way, you know, and, uh, and you show up. I mean, for me, because right now what I do is um, I work uh, when needed. And it's so interesting when I get called to go into work, I'm, I'm at the right situation at the right time. And there's that patient that really needs my specialty, you know, in essence, uh, so it's, it's very interesting going back to your boring lives. I just did. Um, so I do some shamanic work in, mm-hmm. um, and I had regressed a couple of my friends, um, just for fun. I was like, Hey, let's do this. And they did not believe in hypnosis or past life regression at all. So, uh, one of my friends, uh, went down and he had the most boring lives, <laughs> super boring. I found that he was very obsessed with floors and walls. It was weird in all his lives that he went into and they were boring and draining. Um, and in one life, like, uh, you know, I had to make amends with this mother figure and stuff like that was interesting. And then he was in this one life that he just did not want to leave because he was surrounded by all these children and family. And he was a very wealthy, like landowner or something Mm -hmm. like that. So that was fascinating. Then I went ahead and regressed his mate, uh, and, um, his mate had a much more interesting lives, uh, you know, where at one point he was a woman and he kept looking at himself in the mirror. He's like, I have beautiful hair and I'm so beautiful. And it was very, very interesting. 
And then um, there, there was one where he died of scurvy at 16. Mm-hmm. He was on a boat and he didn't even know what scurvy was. And I go, I go, who's that man that you're with? He's like, I go, do you know him from this life? He goes, oh, that's my uncle in this life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very he was so freaked out. He's like, what the hell is scurvy? You know, yeah. <laughs> he Googles it, but it's it's so interesting because you think that like people go, Oh, that's bullshit. You know, there's no such thing as past lives, but here are these guys, I mean, they couldn't, but they were just like telling their friends, mm. just like, wow, this was such a profound experience. Uh, you know, that's the that's the best clients. I've had I remember a guy. This big guy with a beard sitting, and he was talking about uh, how he had little white shoes on and had ribbons in them, and he's pretty dressed that he was wearing. And and I was sitting, kind of looking at this guy, nearly laughing, just at the 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 kind of concept of this big beardy guy talking about his little pretty white shoes that he'd got. Yeah. And, his <laughs> and it's so and, funny. And I, and it's even good when you get people that don't actually believe in this type of stuff. Or I mean, I've had. I remember one guy experienced these past lives and um, has past lives. They're quite. I think one was a he was a sword maker. Never married. He was making swords in the border of Scotland um, to fight English people, and that's all he did. He was just made swords for the uh, the soldiers. And after so funny that you bring that up. I I have a story about a sword maker <laughs> as well. So yeah. I'll tell it to you after you're done with your point. Yeah, so basically it was just that he didn't really, he said to me afterwards, he was quite a broad Glaswegian guy, and he said, with the way he spoke and his accent, and he, he basically said, if, I, if, I'd, if you told me about that stuff when I was younger, I would have told you it was a lot of SHI. So he says, but <laughs> and now, now I'm kind of a bit, I don't get this. And he went away, and I think he knew my brother, and he spoke, my brother spoke to him, and he said, See, the funny thing was, he says that um, all the questions that I was asking him, he knew the answers to them. He says, and it was it, it was just like he knew all that was going on. And and the best thing about these types of people, the ones that they, they come in without maybe um, uh, an expectation or some right. expression of how it should go or whatever, they just come in and see what happens. And it's, and it's just quite fascinating when it all goes the way that you, well, the way I know it will go but to see someone not coming in with an expectation or possibly some um, Im- imagined belief what should happen and create it themselves right. um, and it's when it also this stuff ties into these between lives and they're saying all the same things a lot of the time I'm hearing what they're saying and they don't really understand it but I kind of understand because I've heard so many other people say the same right, thing right. so you want to tell me you're, you're sort of Oh, my sword story. Um, During COVID, like in 2020, I started dating this guy and he was very, very tall. Um, He was um, like 6'6", I believe, or a little bit taller. Um, And again, it's like I had this connection with him, but we were very standoffish with each other. So it was very strange. I knew he didn't Mm. like me all that much, but he wanted something from me. Um, So... I remember during COVID, he came to stay with me for a couple of days while we were in quarantine and I had made him this lasagna 
And um, so he was having, and, and there's something that interesting with a lot of the men that I've dated in, and I had to stop dating because it was a lot of karmic stuff that would come out. Either they were triggers or I could see mm. these guys um, past lives, or I could see their childhood traumas, which the childhood yeah. traumas were the worst. Um mm. Uh, because uh, they weren't very nice. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, so with this one guy, I had made him a lasagna, and I remember um, <clears throat> he decided to leave, and it was just weird. But he took one of the lasagnas because I had done two, and I just felt very thwarted, like he had taken something from me. Because then I saw him on Tinder again, and you know, I, I was just like, wait a minute, you were just in my home. Now you're on Tinder and you're, you didn't even go home. You went somewhere else, but it was just very strange. So, um, I had this weird, weird, weird vision that just came over me. Right. Cause he was, we were supposed to have an exchange. He's an artisan actually in this life. He's a welder and he makes jewelry and stuff. Um, and he was supposed to give me some bracelets that I had him made and he never brought them. So, um, you know, and I was upset about that, but then I had saw this life, how in a past life he was a sword maker and I had stolen his swords. Okay. So it was like, <laughs> it was like a, what? I was like, Whoa, yeah, <laughs> it was like a payback. Yeah. I yeah. never told him that, but it was just very, very funny, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then I, I was seeing other things with him too, but I was just like, Whoa. And I told him, I go, you have a lot of things to resolve. You need to go to therapy. And he knew he was just like, yeah, I'm having trouble. He was very, very stuck in yeah. his life. Incredibly talented, you know, incredibly handsome guy, but having a lot of emotional um, issues, you know? Uh, so, uh, which was fascinating and, um, but yeah, this stuff is, is a lot of fun, but you, and, and when this happens to me now, I, I understand it. You know, I get a lot of serendipities, um, synchronicities where, um, I've learned to study them for the last probably two or three years, very intensely because I was having so many of them and they have to do with people. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think the key to all of that is really to use discernment because you can go into a wild goose chase and you're like, where is, where, where have I been led, you know, yeah. uh, which goes into your, I was reading one of your blogs about um, us being in a play, you know, and mm -hmm. there's the whole simulation theory and all yeah. I was listening to another uh, podcast this morning about how we're all in the game or, or maybe that maybe we did die and we are in the in-between and we're just trying to work stuff out to go on to the, like you said, just go on to that next evolutionary yeah. process. Like they were even saying, this is, I, this is a very interesting concept. Now I'll have to watch the movie Grease again. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Grease. In Greece, yeah. So they're saying that. There's a theory out there that um, the two main characters actually died in the beginning of the movie. And All so right. they're kind of in this in-between space as they're going through the whole high school process. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like a dream fantasy in a way. It's, it's very weird. I'll have to look into that theory. I just heard it this morning. It was like, this is very yeah. interesting. So now I'll have to watch it again. But, um, but anyway, I'm going back. Like, So let's talk about your theory about that yeah the play of the game yeah i mean the, the idea of the play it's i guess the they're kind of concepts to try and help us understand what we're doing here the play idea is that i probably wrote about was more like we take characters so steven towel who i am 
I'm, I take a character in this this sort of play, and it may be that, like you said, with the the guy that you regressed, um, he saw his uncle. So right. very often it's the as as a soul group, which is it seem, we seem to have these soul groups, and again it's um, uh, the Doctor Michael Newton talks a lot about soul groups, but um, and these people's experiences of them, and it's that we're in these kind of groups of learning as souls. And what we're doing is we keep taking these different characters like a play. So this time I might be the the Barry guy, the 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 over dominant father that um, never lets you do anything and very strict and uh, and maybe the someone else in the soul group takes the role of the son maybe and right. that son is then dealing with an overpowering father that uh, puts him down maybe and and through those experiences he's got the opportunity to overcome that maybe to grow out of this suppression that he's been put through and and I guess and so that this is where the the both souls are working together to help the other one grow. So it's about the growth of the soul. And the play, it's almost like we're in the characters. We've taken these avatars almost that yes. we will play out the story, the story that will allow us to gain the growth and the expansion that we need, the lessons that we need through this life. Um, comparing it to a game, again, it's same idea. I mean, if you think about the way a game, if you took something like Super Mario or something, the little guy, your little character bobbing along and he, uh, he comes to a ghost and he thinks, uh, or you think, oops, and you try to pass it and you get killed and you go back to the start now. Who playing Super Mario in a, a little platform game like that bursts out crying and is devastated that they've just died in their, their little game? They go back to the start and they start again and they come along again and come to the little ghost and they say, wait a minute, I died the last time. So if I jump over the top of it, whoops, right. and passed. And then we're up to one of the next level now. And there's two ghosts. Now we learned to jump over it last time. Let's try jumping again. Oh, yep, over a platform. And as you go up the level, then it gets harder and harder and harder. And the challenges become. But eventually, as you work your way through that game, beating end of level baddies or the big challenging bits at the end, you continually get better and better. So you're the master of that game. Right. And that's, what I think life is, is that through our continuous um, incarnations and growing through lives, we're becoming masters of this game. It's Once we become the master of the game, can you imagine like level 65 of Super Mario? Someone's struggling and they can't get by this bit. And they go, oh, I remember that level 65. Um, yeah, try and just kind of see if you can do this, that and that. And that maybe help you get by that level. Person goes away and they does that. And that's possibly what the guides are like. The guides are these ones that have maybe also been living like we have, but they become the masters of the game and they can help others through their journeys. Um, so that's the way I see it as a, it's a good way to look at it from the game perspective is right. that it's just, it's a, we're just continually working through all these challenges and difficulties and we may eventually, and we'll, we go back and we get another go and we take another character and we work through. And it seems to be that we're also helped uh, to plan a life. So no life is predetermined, but the, there may be sort of certain aspects, certain people that will be within our lives that will help us to kind of go through that life. And we can choose any path that we want, but generally this life is about particular um, lessons that we want to learn, whether it's about, I don't know, um, finding your voice, maybe it's, or maybe it's 
to help others. Maybe it's about, um, maybe in another life, you've always been a bit selfish. So this time it's about giving more in the next life and to, to learn that kind of lesson of giving and find the rewards and how you feel by giving, whereas you've always been taking. So it's, it's a bit of a kind of, continuous growth through it. and that's why I see this kind of idea of games or plays it's a, a way of looking at it to sort of really try and describe what we're, we're going through yeah um, I really love that I tell people in my storytelling and writing classes that I teach that we're in our own screenplay that's how I see my life I'm like this yeah. is my own screenplay sometimes I even fi- find that when I'm writing stories even though um, some are fiction all of a sudden they, it starts happening in my reality, kind of like mm. the movie Stranger Than Fiction, which is very interesting, which has made me stop writing many stories because at, at the time I didn't understand what it was since I was creating that uh, through my reality. So I have to be very, very conscious of what is going on and use discernment. I'm like, okay, well, let's just you know move it right along. Um, but it's interesting. A, a couple of the people that I've regressed, I regressed another friend. It was actually through a shamanic um, journey and she was a flapper. And it was, this was just so intense because I was also in this journey feeling and seeing what she was seeing. Mm. And I could see her dress, which was so beautiful and it had fringes and, and she was seeing it too. And it was so beautiful. And she was a dancer on stage and and she remembers seeing all these men that were um the odd in the audience you know so i don't know if it was um kind of like a, a, she was a flapper um and there was a piano player i still mm-hmm. remember it uh, speaking about it but she loved to be on stage and didn't want to come off the stage but she said after she's like this is something i would never do today but she loved yeah. that life she was like oh i want to stay here more you know yeah. so which was fascinating. And then I um, regressed a a guy that I was dating. We were, um, we were having um, many interesting triggers with each other. And I was getting a lots of subliminal downloads and uh, things were coming up in my reality. So we did, um, and and I'm I'm having a um, curandero, uh, a Mexican folk uh, healer on. So I'll kind of go into that story a little bit more there because I did use some Mexican folk traditional things uh, in that practice. I use many different um, tools uh, when I do these things. So in this one, um, I had seen that he was this very powerful um, centurion, you know, and he had told me he had a past life and I could see it. And and people can see, like I had taken him to meet um, one of, I, I had a witch on this show and I took him to meet the witch and, and, um, and, and the witch saw too, he's like, whoa, you know, but in this life, he's very much, um, how can I put this? He's just very much a pussy you yeah. know, and, and very much disempowered and it's very sad. And he, he really struggles to find his power. Yeah. And that's, um, maybe that's what he's to experience. It's the opposite. Right. It's like, and, and I think this is, this is why I, I don't see a lot in um, whatever as we're going through, there's usually, it can be a reason for it. I've seen people that have been through some terrible stuff, but what they've, gained out of it that what they've they've became they've been so strong they became amazing people things that they've did through adversities and right. difficult things but the thing i find about the past lives is 
I always trust in the mind. The mind always seems to know where it needs to go. And the past life that it will bring up, there's usually purpose to it. And what I'm usually looking for is why are they showing that life? Is it, it's usually got some bearing to something that's going on now. Yes. So it's always good to try and get the meaning behind why the mind has shown them that life. Um, and it's sometimes the guy, when you go through that past the past the, the death points and you can encounter, you can, you can contact with any other beings that may be guides or even sometimes it's a, a family member that will come through and they will answer some of the questions that maybe asked, you could ask something like, uh, what was the reason for that, for that person being shown that life? Right. It may be that they are repeating something at the moment and or it may be that they've actually gone through something that they've actually did before and they've got they know that they've got the strength to overcome this because they've already done it and there's where they did it and it's to remind them that they are actually able to work through whatever it is that they've gone so it's always nice to find as well that you can do it for a bit of fun I guess that's why I started way back was just curiosity but there's a lot of understanding that can come from the experiences as well. Yeah, it, it's it's very, very fascinating. And that's what I do when um, I do storytelling and shamanic work is just to kind of um, put those puzzle pieces together and correlate them to what's going on with their life now um, and, and, and trying to like shift that in some way uh, into a positive. Uh, for me, I remember I had this, past life and I don't know if um some of your uh, clients have this where all of a sudden um I was taken into this life had these two children I was I was walking through this grassy field I had this very long dress and a bonnet on and I go into this church and um I look inside and it's it's a coffin and I and I see this man and I just immediately felt this intense chest pain that I've never felt in my whole entire life before never felt mm. this intense and I just started bawling like I couldn't stop crying and it was just massive um this was way back I believe in 2010 and um and it turned out that uh I we were plantation owners um and um and I even was saying uh like dates of the Gettysburg address and Lincoln. And I knew these mm-hmm. dates. It was wild. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you what the dates are. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I knew what they were then. I remember. And, and it was, it was just such a wild experience. And, um, you know, and, and it was just a very brutal death and, and she had taken over my life. She's like, well, your slaves must've hate, you must've been so bad to them. And well, I, <laughs> like, I go, well, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's interesting. This same guy that was in the coffin, I believe was the same one that I told you, uh, was the centurion, the same mm-hmm. thing, you know, because, um, I had this immense love for this man in, in that whole scenario, you know? Um, and, um, but it, but it was very, very fascinating. And I had told you, he's like, oh yeah, I had a life as a plantation owner too. So So it's, it's, it, it is a lot of fun. It is interesting. It makes, I think life much more fun, right? Yeah. It gives us more, I think this is a thing that some people are happy just to get on with life and that's fair enough of that. They'll learn the lessons as they go. But for me, I'm really interested in the, I guess, more. I like to just know 
um, expand my mind a little bit and just understand right. what, who we are, what we are, what we're, why we're here, what we're doing here. And, and I've learned a lot through this type of work. It really does. Um, I mean, it can help a lot of people as well, not just um, sort of a curiosity and stuff. It really can help people shift. And um, even hypnotherapy itself is an amazing tool to help people with a lot of stuff. So it can be quite fascinating. The mind, the mind, I think the mind is just, that's what we are. And it's, we sort of maybe don't pay much attention. I don't think we get too busy getting caught up with the body or the day day dramas, but the mind is incredible. It's a powerful, powerful thing. And it's, our, it's what I think what, is what we are. We're a consciousness, we're a consciousness, a conscious intelligence and, um, and awareness and we probably know a lot more than what we probably realize as we sort of what we're way through this life. It's very interesting. One more thing I want to talk about, and then we'll um, go ahead and wrap it up, is just about the advanced race of humans mm. um, and talking about that and um, Atlantis and stuff, because you did write about it in one of your blogs. Yeah. Again, it's fascinating. I mean, there's you can go back and um, look at things like Edgar Casey, mm-hmm. who was a guy that wrote stuff. He again, another guy using hypnosis, and he would bring out all this information, healing information for people. But I mean, I've experienced people having the same types of things. It's this advanced race that has existed before, and we mentioned Atlantis. That's one of the places that seems to come up a lot is that Lemuria is another one where we've had, if you look at, look at some of the, the things that are on earth now, you can look at the pyramids and the pyramids were supposed to be gone to history built in 20 years, but I think there's some statistic. I can't, I wrote it in my blog and I can't remember what it is, but it's something like in order for that to have happened, they would have had to have been a, was it a quarrying, carving the stone, transporting the stone and placing it, uh, one every there's something like two million stones or something in the great pyramid right. and it's something like they need to they would have had to do that one every second or something something ridiculous like that that they've carried all these miles they would have carved it quarried it um and placed it and these stones are precision engineer they're really like um i think some of the stones are so accurate there's a i've seen specialists say that it would take in modern days, it would take precision, it would take lasers to cut to that precision. So there's right. a lot of stuff. Even have even you been way- to Egypt to see them? I've been to Peru and yeah. uh they they're they're so perfect, these stones, because yeah. they have similar but different. But but mm-hmm. again, the stones are just so so um just perfect and soft and and just yeah. you know the way they're cut. Yeah, it's I've never seen I've never been to Egypt, but uh, I've been in Mexico, and this is the thing that fascinated me as a kid, was how all these pyramids are all over the place. There, there's some in Egypt, there's some in Mexico. They're, they're even uh, saying that there's some in China. There's some in China as well. So yeah, I heard they're that. All over the, the world, but it's the, I guess it's the intelligence that has created these things. There were, they're even the the Great Pyramid. I think is it's almost the perfect north um, and align with perfect magnetic north and things. It's the, the science behind it, the, uh, the, the Fibonacci code and right, the, the golden, yeah, the, is it the golden number? Um, 
All of these things were all known by these people building these things way back then. And this is what, so we, as, I guess from history, we just, we can't understand it. So we try to put some rational thought and just accept it like 20 years, even though it can't be, it couldn't have been done under the, a chisel and a, a copper a copper mallet and a, and a, a rock to chisel these things. Right. Uh, um, but through these experiences, people do go to past lives and other places. And it's and it doesn't even need to be, this is the way it gets weird. You've got someone on can talk about UFOs. Those people talk again. I've wrote blogs about this, and it's that there is no that's right. You've had some patients or some clients uh talking about UFOs and abductions, like yeah, and talk it's, about that a little bit. Yeah, well, it's, the, the whole idea is that we are conscious um, energies of intelligence and someone that's, we would say, we call them, we call them aliens. Aliens just basically means something we don't know or can't understand, but there's a lot of people that have experienced, and Dolores Cannon writes a lot, she actually specialised in the alien side of this with a hypnosis and she started investigating people that had lost time and um, the, they thought they'd been abducted and what was actually coming out was that these beings that, that we, we were one of them they beings and that although we are living this life on earth as a, a human that we're also helped again at, at some point these whether they're in different dimensions I, I don't know but they're they're basically helping us at the same point and this is what a lot of people will come up with I had a client a couple of days ago that went through an experience of being an alien it was like the, she was describing wow. a really strange looking body that she had and um, the way that her fingers were and the feet and she says and there's others and she started crying saying this is my family this wow. is me and she was so upset but she was so happy that this is where I, I've, I've she said I've always been looking for home and right and these beings this is this is my family this is but she's came here to help apparently right. that's what so the so it's um the way i see it is there's no such thing as aliens as such aliens is a word that we just that doesn't means we don't understand i think we are a conscious awareness that have we're in some kind of matrix or a game that we're taking this form as a human right. but mm -hmm. as a conscious being we could be many other things um, we've came here to try and help this, uh, I guess, this world along. It's maybe not <laughs> kind of going to, it needs a bit of help. So this is where this idea is, is that there's a lot coming in now to help to try and right. raise that vibration a little bit. Right. And there's a lot of um, um, babies being born too. And they can see that in the future, that's what they're going to be doing. They're just very special. There's just some kind of energy about them. So uh, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Exactly. Um, so so it's a and it's it's an exciting time right now. Um, and it and it's really how you look at it. Like there's so much more, um, there, mm. uh, and stuff. I've also often felt that um, my home is not here. Like I, I remember I've had times where I've been like, um, I, I want to go home, and I, but I'm home. It's just a yeah. very strange uneasy feeling um and uh, i read this book and it's a sci-fi book it's um written by a, a man named kim stanley i believe uh, is the author's name and it's called galileo's dream and in the book um it, it's very uh history 
focused uh, about the Galileo and and that whole time, which is a very fascinating time because mm-hmm. there was so much technology that was invented. And um, so you you kind of think, uh, is this book real? But it, Galileo has these, um, in his mind, he time travels to mm-hmm. a different space and he goes uh, forward in time into the future. And he's on a different planet. He's actually on the Jovian moons uh, that he uh, discovered and and so he meets with these people and there's this big war and he's helping them but they also give them all the these ideas for his technologies that he developed which is very very interesting um, and they also go back in time for him it's like they regress him um, be, and they tell him oh look you weren't such a great father you know or this and this happened with uh, the women you were um cajoling with or or whatever and this and this happened with your mother mm-hmm. and so it's a very fascinating book so you kind of almost think like was it real you know mm-hmm. uh, but it goes to that whole effect that um yeah. and i think in in one of the movies uh one of the it was about wolverine but it's not one of the wolverine movies where he goes back in time to help the professor but he Mm. time travels in his mind so it's not like i think that you're actually abducted Mm. yeah (laughs) i i don't know are are your clients saying that they're actually they they physically left their bodies or it was just in their mind that they left but their their shell is here but their soul is like somewhere else in a way it's a bit of a mixture there's there is some people that again it could be that the the body has been taken up because the body maybe needs adjustments or whatever it's or it can be that i guess with with that one that was talking about this week that was uh she was i guess she's experiencing and it is within the mind that's again it's it's, i could talk for this forever but if you oh my gosh me too (laughs) you can look at look at science if we look at that structure of this entire universe this world it's all it's constructed by atoms and atoms are 99.9999999999% of space with a nucleus in the middle and a negative charged electrons going round. And apparently atoms are the building blocks of our world. But if they're 99.999 of space and within the, the nucleus, you've got a proton and a neutron. And within them, it's things called quarks that don't apparently exist. They appear, they're events that appear, disappear, energies. That's what we're built of. We're built of some sort of energetic sort of, um, well, an atom, which is, and, and the, the element of the physical is, it's the negative charged electrons of each of the atoms repelling each other. So right. What we feel is when we touch is the is repelling of negative charged electrons. So it brings you to this perspective that we're living in some kind of energetic construct that we believe to be some kind of um, the reality. And but there's much more than that. There's, I guess, you could look to dimensions and the whether there's aliens. They're within. They're still. They're, they could be right next to us right now, but they're within. They're out with our perception of our five senses at the moment. So they're 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 there, but they're but we don't perceive them. Right. Right. It's yeah. all very fascinating. Yeah. Well, is um tell people where they can find you. I'm going to go ahead and uh, link your website and information at on the show notes yeah so i do a lot on instagram that's probably my biggest platform for putting stuff out and uh, so that's just stephen with a ph 
until T-O-W-I-L-L underscore, so that's the little line underneath, uh, hypnotherapy. And um, my website is just stephentill.com. So they're probably the two best places to reach me. Awesome. And you have amazing memes, by the way. I love your memes. That's a, keep, that's a, light, a bit of humor to the world that needs it. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, thank you so much, Stephen. Okay, not a problem. It's been really nice to be here. Awesome. Thanks for listening to our Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast. We love your support and we love our listeners. If you have some spare change, go ahead and throw some to us on our Venmo at Nurses and Hypocon. Also, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love that. And if you'd like to be a guest, go ahead and send us an email at nursesandhypochondriacs at gmail.com. <laughs>